Coming up next on The Voice of Alabama Politics, a look back at 9-11. Also, the V-Team takes a look at a new prison bill. And why are Washington insiders supporting Mo Brooks? Money. Money. Money makes the world go round, the world go round, the world go round. Money, baby. Money. All this and much, much more coming up next on The V. Welcome to the voice of Alabama politics, where we tackle the tough issues so you have the hard facts. I'm your host, Bill Britt, and today I'm joined by Susan Britt, research guru extraordinaire, and Josh Moon, columnist and investigative reporter for APR. Welcome. Hey, guys. Glad to be here. Hi. Uh, Saturday, we memorialized uh, September 11th, 2021, the 20th anniversary of the terrorist attack on the United States. Susan, we, we lived in New York City on 9-11 and uh, lived through that day and, and many, many others after it. I've often said there was no place I would have rather been on 9-11 than New York City and in some respects, no place I'd rather been further away from. But amidst all the chaos and the terror and all the events of that day, it was the kindness that you saw in New Yorkers and then solidarity around the country. What what some of your thoughts about that day? Uh, it was it was it was an extraordinary day to be in New York City. Uh, perfect strangers and now we're talking about New Yorkers would stop you in the street and ask you if you'd heard and was your family okay. Uh, they put up a post outside of our apartment because the road uh, the left front of our apartment went out to. Uh, Queens and Long Island, and perfect strangers were helping, helping put other perfect strangers in perfect strangers' cars because all the subways, the buses, the taxis, and whatever were shut down to get them to their homes. And it was just, it, while it was a horrible day, it was also a beautiful day of watching the kindness and the love and the generosity of people and, and thinking, you know, this could really change our country in a positive way. However, it probably did it did not change our country in a positive way, except for a few minutes. But Josh, you were here in Alabama, I guess, mm -hmm. on that day. What were some of your impressions? Man, it was just you know uh, I think like everybody, you, you watched what was taking place in um, uh, in New York, and it was just so kind of otherworldly, uh, you know, uh, for a time being. It was so shocking and so uh, you know, just just so out of the realm of things that you could, you would imagine could possibly happen, and um, you know to watch those buildings come down, and then and you're right, you know, then to watch people kind of come together. Uh, over the next uh, few weeks and months and, uh, you know, and be kind of united in, in their love of country and their, you know, and their love of, of each other and, and appreciative for the way uh, it, they, they had been treated and the way other people had, had helped them through a tough time was really, you know, something special to see. It's, uh, you know, obviously a long way from where we are now, yeah. uh, but it was, it, it was, it was very nice and it was nice to have that, um, um, you know, that sort of outpouring of, 
you know, just kind of the, I guess the American spirit would be the best way to put yeah. it, uh, you know, and, yeah. and this, the, the united feeling that you, that you have in the country. Um, and, and it would be nice to have that a little more often. It would. And, and I remember that Susan, our, our office was a mile, approximately a mile from what became known as Ground Zero. Mm-hmm. And we had a meeting uptown that day, so we were not at our office. And uh, we had gone back in the apartment to see, in, in time to see the second plane turn, turn, and, turn. And, and drive into the South Tower. Yeah, at first we thought it was an accident for the first plane, but when I saw the second one turn, I knew that wasn't yeah. the case anymore. And so, being who I am, I, I decided that I was heading downtown to check on our staff and to see if I could help out. Now, I've never seen Susan quite as fierce as she was in in telling me I wasn't going anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't going anywhere. You're not going into the lion's mouth. I'm sorry. Uh, But we did finally reach our staff. Most of them came up and spent the rest of the day and that evening with us. And, And one of the things that was most alarming is one of our staff members uh, we were sitting around talking about the day, and she said, well, this is going to change everything. Mm-hmm. And I thought, surely not. I mean, America's stronger than an attack changing the way we live and, and, and the way we work and the way we react. And boy, was I ever wrong. I mean, Susan right. couldn't have been more wrong. She couldn't have been more right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Josh, I mean, we have a militarized police force now. We have surveillance like Orwell could have never imagined (laughs) our country is divided. And I think a lot of that's because of the way the aftermath of 9-11 was handled. Yeah, you know, in a lot of ways, um, you know, the the terrorists there got got, um, a lot of the things that they were looking for. Uh, yeah. out of us and uh, uh, and the in the distrust and um, and the kind of police state that that followed uh, that that and it was all done listen I think you know you say that and and it and it casts some some negativity on the people who did it I, I believe that for the most part the people who did it were well-intentioned uh, and did oh, yeah. it with a mind to to safety but you know it, it's a constant struggle in a, in a society like ours as as to what where you cross the line between freedom and protection of the of the you know society that you're living in and you know I, I think a lot of that stuff is probably we would say now looking back in hindsight stretched over that line and, and became yeah. uh, intrusive into our lives in a way that we never really imagined and, and a lot of people did took advantage of that too I think some some bad yeah. intentioned people uh, took advantage of, of the of the way things were going to you know to kind of hurt each other and uh, and to hurt people that they uh, disagreed with on some level well, I think our men and women in uniform who went and served our country mm-hmm. deserve great respect. I think some of our leaders used the war on terror to their own benefit. I they think also they used continue. the fear. They yeah. really used the fear yeah. to divide people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, can you imagine? We only got about a minute. There, there wouldn't have been a Muslim ban if it hadn't been for 9-11. We, we, we wouldn't be, uh, yeah. uh, you know, I don't even think we would have these sort of divisions we have right and left so strong because of this. I think it just so brought up the ability for politicians to demonize the others. Yeah, we might have actually felt good about Rudy Giuliani, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, uh, but like I said, I I would have, we were there that day. Uh, I would have, I wouldn't take anything for having been there and I would 
give you everything I own for it to not have happened. Because I wish we could wind the clocks back yeah. to uh, September September 10th uh, mm -hmm. and, and have a do-over. But that's not going to happen. Yeah. We're going to leave it right there. You've been, you're still watching the V, hopefully, uh, the voice of Alabama politics. We'll be right back for more news and opinions. Most of us remember that day. It's etched in our minds, a permanent reminder of tragedy. We all watched helplessly as lives were lost, heroes were born, and a nation was forever changed. The loss was unimaginable, the sorrow unbearable, but through that pain, we witnessed the resolve of a nation. We saw chaos give birth to courage. Fear transform into fortitude. And destruction give way to determination. In the midst of the brokenness, freedom stood immovable. Today, we remember those we lost. We honor the heroes who saved so many and grieve with the families who have suffered so much. It's been 20 years, but we still remember and we will never forget. Remember this number. This is what Alabama loses every day because our legislators haven't passed a gaming and lottery bill. And this one. This is what we'll send to other states this year alone. $700 million that could be invested in our economy and children's future. And here's one more. 1-855-GAMING-1. This is the number to call your legislator and tell them the time to pass a gaming and lottery bill is now. So you got caught speeding. But this time you got more than a ticket. What are you in for? Vehicular homicide. Stop speeding before speeding stops you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. Your career isn't a job. It's a journey. Your next job could lead to bigger things and you're in charge of how fast and how far you want to go. At alabamaworks.com, you can connect with employers and start working right now. Then chart your path forward with training and career planning tools. That next paycheck is great, but it's only the beginning. Start a great success story at alabamaworks.com. Welcome back to The B the voice of Alabama politics. Josh, I have a feeling you're gonna have a lot to say about this next topic. Uh, uh, a leaked copy of the draft 
of the new prison legislation it was uh, came out Wednesday, I think it was, mm -hmm. and uh, we looked it over. It's uh, you know it, it looks very similar to the plan that Governor Ivy had before. Uh, you don't think uh, it's a great idea, I hear. No, I do not. I uh, I wrote a column about it uh, for last week. I think they ought to kill it. Uh, I, and listen, this is the. Here, here's the thing about it. I, I don't necessarily think what they're doing with the building is, is bad, okay? Uh, but what I do think is is that we're going to spend a boatload of money to build these prisons, and, and it addresses only a small fraction of the issues that we have with our Department of Corrections that have led us to this point. Um, and I think that what we have right now is a governor and a legislature that are trying desperately to avoid federal intervention here, and I think that the people who care about this issue should put some assurances in there before this plan is approved. Make sure that we have a signature somewhere on paper that we're going to fix these other problems that we have in our prison system. Things like uh, the Pardons and Parole Board, for example, uh, and the way that's being handled. Uh, our education and rehabilitation services that are available within those prison systems uh, that have declined steadily over the last 10 years. Uh, those sorts of things, if we don't get those things fixed, we're going to continue to have overcrowded, stuffed prisons with problems. Uh, another issue is how the hell are all these drugs getting into the prisons? Okay? Until we solve some of these problems, I don't want to hear about a new prison. Well, and I, I understand that, and I, I agree with you that we need that. I, I also have been a proponent and am still a proponent of building these prisons because it's generational. We're going to solve some problems that have been around for a long, long time. I mean, the prisons themselves are unconstitutional, mm -hmm. I believe, and they are living hell holes, Susan. You they know are. that. We've been and, and while I, I, I agree with everything Josh just said, as far as we've got to get back to the pardons and parole, we've got to address all the issues. Right now, what we've got to do first, we've got to put one foot in front of the other at a time. We need to address the structural issues. The, the We've been to three prisons, one including Tutwiler, and they're falling down around the prisoners, okay? But we have mm -hmm. got to do something about the facilities themselves, at least to begin to address the problem what? until we can get further into it. If well, we do think, it, we'll never touch anything else again. We'll net, we'll walk away from it, having spent this money, and never do anything. And if you read that prison bill, one of the first lines in that prison bill, it states that w the current prisons that we have have not been kept up, that we have not yeah. done the routine maintenance yeah. and things on those prisons. Well, okay, <laughs> well, so we're going to be back in this position in 15 years. Well, you know, and, and look, uh, it... it, it it's a difficult, difficult decision. If we do not have justice reform, if we do not have a means to uh, address the systemic problems of corruption inside the prison, inside the courts, and you know the criminal element, that there's a reason why people become criminals. They're mm -hmm. not born that way. Mm. But I, I don't. There just doesn't seem to be a willingness. I mean, Jim Hill. Uh, one of the great legislators here, great judge, oh, God, has tried to address this along with other people, and they can't get anything done that's meaningful, but here we are. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I, I think the one thing is the Department of Justice under the Trump administration said, we are going to shut you down. We're yeah. going to sue you and shut you down. Now, do you think 
<coughs> that the Biden administration is going to be more or less friendly towards <laughs> Alabama, Susan. Yeah. I think I'm going to be less friendly. Less friendly. Less yeah. friendly. Yeah, when the guy sure. locking the kids in cages had a problem with the way you were treating people, I think you had some issues there. Listen, yeah. I, I don't have a problem with, with building the prisons. I don't. I, don't. I think it's something that is needed. But if we don't hold them to some standard on all of these other things, they're going to walk away from it and we're never going to do anything else because they do not care about these people. So you've no. got to make them care by using the money. Yeah. Well, I agree with you. Uh, uh, I want to move on to pardons and paroles, which you brought up. I mean, our pardon and parole board <laughs> is broken. It is broken. I mean, you, you've got, uh, you know, they, they're not letting people out who are totally qualified to be let out. They will let white inmates out mm -hmm. who have worse records than the black inmates, and they're not following the guidelines. And that all points to the board chair. Lee Gwathney. Yeah. She, she came out of the AG's department. We have a lovely picture of her standing there with uh, Attorney General Steve Marshall, who is the most do-nothing Attorney General the state's ever had. That's not true. Uh, He's a mean press releaser. He yeah, does well, do a lot of press. Unless the, the yeah. job requires but that she, he's running for office again, you know, as his duty as AG. She has blocked, blocked and blocked and blocked the release of prisoners who qualified mm -hmm. under the guidelines to be released. Josh, I mean, if you're not going to follow the guidelines as set up, why do we even have a pardon and parole board? Yeah, see, uh, and that's one of the things I think, you know, should be part of this is you know, there should be some form of legislation that's agreed on before we move forward with anything that says if you're not, if you're going to follow these, because there are scorecards basically uh, yeah. for prisoners that are presented sure. to, to the parole board and there's a passing grade, you know, quote unquote. Now they have discretion as they should. They have discretion on whether they should, they're going to follow that. Well, you know, according to those scorecards, some nearly 60% should have been released uh, of, the, of the parolees that came up. They should right. have been granted parole. They're granting 17% right now, right. okay? Right. So there, there's some discretion that's taking place in there. And what the, uh, the legislation should say, and I believe uh, a, a Republican is actually going to propose this, uh, is that if you're not going to follow that scorecard, you've got to say why. You've got to right. come up with a reason right. why and explain yourself publicly for why you're not letting them out. Um, and, I, you know, I think that that's going to solve some of the problems if we can get something like that passed. But right now, we're not we're basically forcing these people into slavery uh, is what we're doing yeah. in a lot of cases. Yeah. Well, we do not need a Judge Roy Bean sitting over the pardons and parole board. I mean, and that's just problem with overcrowding. you got to either not put them in or you got to let them out. All right. Well, that's going to have to be the right and the last word, you're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. We'll be right back after this break. You'll never guess what 400,000 people in the U.S. were using when they crashed their cars last year. No, not this. This. Distracted driving will kill you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. If you've been working... You've already proven yourself in ways you may not even notice. Managing your time, communicating effectively, and working as part of a team are key skills that employers value. At alabamaworks.com, you can find out how to build on your experience to up your game and get the job you really want because it's out there. Start your new success story at alabamaworks.com. 
Sponsored by Alabama Works, the Alabama Broadcasters Association, and this station. Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. You know, Susan, I, you know, I, I know that we have a lot of politicians that are just straight up liars, right? And, and one of the great straight up liars is Mo Brooks. I mean, he's, he's, he's running as an outsider mm. and yet he's endorsed by political insiders. I mean, these are all political insiders, been institutions there for years. I mean, look, Freedom Works, Koch Brothers, mm -hmm. Uh, Club you know, for Growth. Club for Growth. Insiders. In D.C., not in Alabama. No, mm -hmm. no, These no. are not Alabama. I mean, Rand Paul, good Lord, he's been there. Two, he just picked up where his old man left off, you yeah. know, and been there forever. Right. And these are his outsider buddies, but yet he keeps keeps preaching that he's, he's an outsider, right? He is not an outsider. He wants to go in and clean up the swamp. These are the swamp creatures. He is a swamp creature. <laughs> he's a swamp creature. They say the creature from the Black Lagoon or something. Yeah, you know, one of his one of his proudest endorsements there, I, I, I can't help but notice, is the Koch brothers uh, that I believe are currently being sued by Alabama chicken farmers. <laughs> uh, for, for unfair practices uh, and, yeah. and basically uh, keeping them at, at low wages. Some of them make working 16 hours a day and making $12,000 a year uh, to produce the chickens that a billion dollar company is uh, is shipping out to everybody. So yeah, I mean, you know, that's you know that's the swamp and, basically, man. And, and that's with, that's the man keeping you down, you know? And, and with chicken being our largest export, you know, from Alabama, one of our biggest industries, good God. But yeah. I, I know, and I've heard this from people, Republicans, who go to meetings and they say, well, they ask about our military bases, and Mo Brooks said, well, that's not my problem. I mean, if, if it's not, if it doesn't work for the federal government, then we can we should close Maxwell, we should close Gunter. If it doesn't work for the federal government, and then, like, he'll go over here and he'll tell people that, you know, well, you know, Redstone Arsenal, that's great, but it's, if, if, if it doesn't work, you know, for the federal government. Does he work for the federal government or does he work for the people of Alabama? Because he keeps acting like he works for the federal government, not yeah. the people of Alabama. Yeah, these people that, that do these sorts of things, it always amazes me because they seem to believe that if we don't do this stuff that benefits us and we give it back, that it's somehow going to be returned to the taxpayers. Uh, right. The money is going to be returned to the taxpayers. No, if we close down these bases, those bases are going to go to some other state and they're going to benefit yeah. from them is what's going to yeah. happen. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and we keep hearing added to that rumor that we talked about last week that uh, former President Trump is very disappointed in, in Mo Brooks. We'll see what happens. I don't think the president likes losers, and I think that uh, the former president should like losers, and I think Mo Brooks is a loser, and he's, he's starting to realize that. But I think he was kind of forced into backing Mo in the first place. Yeah. But let's move on to an even worse situation, if that's imaginable. And that is, Susan, that COVID uh, hospitalizations are up. They are not declining at all. Mm -hmm. This is an awful situation we're in. It is. We're negative 90, 92, I think, ICU beds right now, which means if you have another injury, you can't get an ICU bed, you know, because the ICU units are so packed. I mean, the numbers are growing again. It's ridiculous. And 80 plus percent of the people that are hospitalized right now are unvaccinated. That should tell you something about this Delta variant. Um, we, we, you know, Baldwin and, and, and Mobile counties have, have asked for mobile morgues 
which means 18 wheeler trucks to be put out, refrigerated trucks to be put outside the hospitals to hold all the bodies because they don't have the capacity to hold all the bodies that they've got. Josh, uh, I, I, you know, this week, uh, there was a moment of silence uh, across Alabama and then calls for people to be vaccinated. I, I don't know if a moment of prayer or, or if a shotgun would make some of these people do the right thing and get the shot. Uh, yeah. I don't, I, I think we could ha hash that to death and not get anywhere. Yeah, I don't, uh, I, I, like I said, you know, a couple of times, I, I don't know what to say to, to the people about this anymore. I mean, you see the deaths stacking up and most people have had people in, in their families that, that you know, or close friends that have had this thing that have either died or nearly died from it. Yeah. Um, and, and you see what's kind of going on. You hear the stories every day of a father leaving behind kids or a mother that was, uh, you know, six weeks pregnant or, you know, six months pregnant that, 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 that has this. And it just, you know, it's heartbreaking stories and, and you, you know, you want to feel bad for the people and, but at the same time you hear a lot of these same folks just rambling on and on about you know ivermectin or whatever other drug that's out there um you know and why what just take the vaccine you know i mean yeah, that, that's yeah. uh, there's no reason to go searching for all this stuff take the vaccine and you're not even if you get sick it's not going to be as bad i don't understand right. what people are doing i mean there are several new studies that say that your chances of getting uh ill deeply ill from mm -hmm. the Delta virus. If you have variant, if you have COVID is, uh, some say it's one in 5,000, others one in 10,000 if you're vaccinated. Those are pretty good odds. You don't yeah. have those kind of odds when you drive out of your, your, your driveway in the morning to go to work. You don't have those odds. I do want to jump to one last thing. While uh, in Baldwin County and Mobile County, they are asking for more uh, morgue trucks to stack the bodies in. Uh, Chip Brown, representative from Mogul, has filed pre-filed a bill that parents can opt out of having their children wear masks in schools because evidently he, he feels that masks are infringing on people's freedoms. It's a good thing that not even Republicans take him seriously. No, no. I, I, was I mean, you know, children can't get vaccinated and they're asking to unmask children and we've got 54 children in the hospital right now with COVID. Uh, wake up. I mean, when you, when you, he says a parent's bill of rights, you know, when you go to a public school or a mm -hmm. private school, they impose certain restrictions on you. Like you have to wear pants, you have mm -hmm. to wear shoes, you yeah. have to wear a shirt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your skirt's got to be only an in, in, no more than an inch above your knee. Yeah. You know, you can't yeah. have saggy pants. I don't remember anybody talking about the parent's bill of rights over saggy pants. No, 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 but we did try to pass a bill over saggy pants. We, we did, yes. Yes, we did. <laughs> okay. okay, well, that's important. But anyway, it, 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 these are the kind of uh, superfluous arguments that we have, and they're all about political pandering. They have yeah. nothing to do with the truth of the children. No, they don't. They don't. This <coughs> is, uh, and I knew this was coming. We all knew it was coming. It's just, you know, it's an election year, folks. Yeah. Well, I think some of these people actually believe that, and that's what the scary thing. If they were just pandering, you know, you can actually forgive them for being so stupid. But, mm -hmm. you know, when they actually believe it, you can't. But we're going to have to leave it right there. 9-11, we will always remember, and we should never forget. You've been watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. You watch us, because we watch them.